you know, it's not Karachi, it is not East Pakistan, this is not India, this is not Ireland, this is never records, this is never records, this is never records. And certainly me. In the crash. In the booth with never records. Nice. With 13 minutes. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry, we are the ones who believe that through joy we can forever live. You are not listening to Never Records on Blue Gold Radio 99.9 FM. Welcome to episode 41 of Never Records Radio. My name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. From the Mississippi to the River Jordan, I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, dissonance kings and queens, anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. The Never Records archive continues to grow, To this date, there are over 500 recordings from seven cities around the world. In 2011, I was invited by Illuminate Productions to participate in the Merge Festival, an annual festival that encourages and promotes a set of performances, events, and happenings, which draw on the rich heritage and contemporary culture of Bankside, a neighborhood located on the south side of the Thames in London. The project was sponsored by the Tate Modern and Better Bankside, the local business association. And for one amazing month, I had a high street shop in London. Let me describe this next recording to you. Today's episode is all about CBGB's. Not the legendary bar on the Bowery, but country, bluegrass, and blues. All the music on today's episode is influenced by those popular American musical genres. I've always been fascinated by the mirrors that British musicians hold up to American music and vice versa. The roots of American music can be traced back to the traditional music of its immigrants. Music carried just as a mandolin is slung across the back of a migrant. The 1960s British invasion had a lasting impact on the course of popular music and culture. But the sounds of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were just echoes of a transcultural back and forth that started long ago. I wanted to do a little research into this feedback loop of American and British music. So I went to the source. In John Swed's book about Alan Lomax, he quotes Lomax discussing the origins of rock and roll, which he describes as essentially an American impulse. It's a rebellion against the Puritan ethic, which had decreed from the beginning of our society that Americans are not allowed to have pleasure. When I was recording in rural England, it's a kind of pagan world, music rolling off the tongue, drink in hand, girl on knee, hay rollers all. And I said to myself, these were my people the stock I was descended from. Lord, what happened to us? Who took the joy out of the songs? Why did the pioneers go sighing through their lives in those songs with the death wish? Zwed writes, For Lomax, rock and roll was a sexual and racial revolution, with white youth finding new meaning in the words of rhythm and blues songs aimed at mature black audiences. He saw rock and roll as part of a tradition of outlaw music, the music that whites had learned from blacks throughout the history of American music, 
minstrel shows, vaudeville, blues, and even early jazz. In another part of the book, Swed describes the influence of traditional jazz from New Orleans and Dixieland upon post-war England. How labor unions, intellectuals, and student groups adopted this art form, and in the 1950s, there was a development of a new style of music called skiffle that paralleled the development of rockabilly in America. Skiffle drew heavily upon the influence of black American blues singers and folk singers, like Sonny Terry and Muddy Waters. Lomax saw Skiffle in broader terms than just the new fad of a new generation. For him, the Scots-Irish-English tradition took on a particular shape in the United States, where the melting pot of the American frontier brought its various threads together, and with the help of African Americans, developed accompaniment for the song with guitars and banjos, and brought new rhythmic sensibilities to these songs, and others from black traditions. Now Skiffle was bringing back home local songs of the British Isles. I find this all so interesting because inadvertently Never Records has followed Lomax's trail through the UK and the US. And when I read Lomax, I find I've drawn a lot of the same conclusions through my own recordings. So it's not that strange that I traveled all the way to London to record a country band. Thank you. 
You are not listening to Never Records. That was The Snakes with their track Never Going Back, recorded live at Never Records London in 2011. Snake singer Simon Moore's voice sounds exactly like Waylon Jennings, so I tried to give him a mix that sounded like it came out of Nashville in the early 1970s. Recognize the pedal steel? It's Johnny O, the musician that made it onto multiple Never Records sessions. In the spirit of Alan Lomax, the Snakes describe their sound as UK Americana. Let me describe this next recording to you. David O'Connor was a high school student from Australia on vacation in London with his father. They stumbled into Never Records on Southwark Street accidentally. And after I explained the project to them, David said he wished he could record, but didn't have a guitar with him. I recommended they rent a guitar from a music store and offered to record him the next day. David rented an electric guitar and a distortion pedal. We borrowed an amp from James MacArthur and recorded his song, Honey, I'm Gone. She listened to the man 
you are not listening to Never Records. That was David O'Connor with his track, Honey, I'm Gone, recorded live at Never Records London in 2011. This session was so much fun. David hadn't expected to cut a record on his vacation, so it was a real surprise for him. He was sincerely grateful. Because the session was so spontaneous, I think we were able to play around a bit, and we doubled the guitar solo at the end and added some vocals. All the while, his father proudly watched. Let me describe this nest recording to you. I'm not sure if they're still around, but The Wandering Horse is one of those bands that embodies the beautiful blend of British and American music traditions. I especially love the two guitar players and their classic tones and solos. Here is their track, Golden Are the Hands, recorded live at Never Records London in 2011.
You are not listening to Never Records Radio. That was The Wandering Horse with their track, Golden Are the Hands, recorded live at Never Records in 2011. With those jangly guitars, it really sounds like The Wandering Horse comes from the American Southwest or even California. Thank you for listening to Never Records Radio. If you enjoyed some of the readings today, they're from a book called Alan Lomax, The Man Who Recorded the World by John Zwed, published in 2010. For more information about Never Records, please visit neverrecords.net. As always, I'd like to offer our heartfelt thanks to the people and performers that make Never Records possible. A special thanks goes to Scott Morfitt and Eli Klott at Blue Gold Radio for helping put the show together, and to the UW Eau Claire Foundation. You are not listening to Never Records. Mm-hmm.